0: start with the hardest conversation you could possibly have, and that is either price or the things you don't have. So for me, we're a personal training company. We don't have some of the fancy things like pools and saunas and lavender scented towels that people will walk around on trays, like at some of these fancy gyms. So I am always going to lead with that. Most fitness people hate doing sales. They hate the idea of sales. And the reason is because even if people didn't buy, they would still want to do the job. And the irony of that is because that's what makes you a great trainer is that you're doing this because you are driven by purpose and not by money. Now, the ironic part of that is that will make your fitness career very short and unfulfilling because if you can't learn how to get paid for fitness, You're not going to have a career in the industry. Today, I want to teach you the critical mindset that you need to make it in fitness, and that is the sales mindset for fitness. Let's get into it. So when I first started in the industry, I worked with a coach and I hated, hated the idea of charging people for the thing that I was most passionate about. Talking about money was such an awkward environment for me to be in because the truth was even if the person that was in front of me needed my help and they didn't have the money to pay me, I knew that I would still probably help them. And it was very early on that I realized that wasn't a way that I was going to be able to make any money because I would just not charge people, even though I loved the work that I was doing. So I started work with my first mentor. And I'll never forget the conversation that we had because I was living in my mom's house in my childhood bedroom. And I had my first coaching call with him, and he was just asking what I wanted to get out of the industry. And my first response, and I imagine that if you're a trainer in the industry, yours wasn't much different. It is, I want to help people. And he kind of walked me through the questioning and the line of reasoning. And he said, well, what's important to you about helping people? And I said, well, I just, I seen the impact of it in myself and my clients so far, and I know how important this is for them, and I want to change lives, and I want to make a difference in people's lives. And he kept asking me, so like, well, what's important to you about making a difference in people's lives? And he said, it it just lights me up. It that's what I wake up every day excited to do. I just want to fill my gym with people whose lives that I can change. And then he changed the questioning. And he said, Well, okay, what if I put a hundred people in your gym tomorrow? Would that be what you want out of this industry? And I was like, Yeah, let's do it. Like, how can we get a hundred people in the door? And he said, Well, let me stop you. He said, What if none of those people paid you? And I Obviously froze and I said, Well, well, that wouldn't work. And he was like, Well, why not? I was like, because I need to make money. And he's like, Well, what's important to you about making money in the industry? And at the time, I was a single father. I was living at my mom's house because I wasn't making any money in the industry. The truth was, I was working multiple part-time jobs. I was driving door-to-door, training people in their homes. And then I was working in a ballet shoe warehouse for my stepmom, distributing ballet shoes across the country. Not the ideal role that I wanted to be in. So if you were in my shoes, what would you do? Because I think you would want to learn how to sell fitness to actually make a living in this industry. And that's what my mentor challenged me to do from day one. So today, I want to talk to you about the three elements of mindset that you need to make it in sales for the fitness industry because it is an incredibly different area of sales than a lot of other industries. There's a hell of a lot more emotion, there's a hell of a lot more nuance and complexity to the pricing model and to the work involved in selling fitness. And if you can nail the three A's of the sales mindset, you're gonna have a great foundation to work off. So let's get things started. Fitness sales is a lot different from selling in a lot of other industries. The worst thing that you want to be is come off like the dorky, pushy salesperson that everybody thinks of when they think of sales, that cringy feeling that you get when you think about a salesperson. That's the last thing that you want to look and sound and come off like in sales for this industry. So before I get into the three A's of the fitness sales mindset, I want to start with this. Fitness sales is a lot different from selling products and services in other industries because of the emotion and vulnerability involved in the sales process. People are hyper, hyper critical and defensive about being sold fitness. So the first thing you need to know is that you cannot come off like the dorky, pushy salesperson and use the same language and look or sound like any type of salesperson That causes that defense mechanism to go up because that's the first thing that is going to push people out the door. The first A of sales is the understanding of the human psychological need for autonomy. What autonomy means is the psychological need to make your own decisions and to be in charge of your own life. Now, the reason sales causes this reactance in a lot of people is because they feel when they're being pushed on and when they're being sold to, their autonomy is being stripped. And if you want to make it in fitness sales, you have to do everything that you can to avoid feeling like you're making them make a decision and you don't want to sell to them. Really, you want them to sell you on taking them on as a client. And that sounds a little cheesy and maybe out there, but I'm going to show you exactly how you can do this in a way that comes off naturally and incredibly authentically. Now, the first thing is why the old method of pushy sales and asking for the sale and assumptive closing is not effective is this. Prospects know that everything you say about your product is said by everybody else. So if you say we are the best gym to go to, we have the best training solution, we have you know, the best thing for art, X, Y, and Z target market. They know that if they go to the gym down the road, that person is going to say the exact same thing about their product and saying why their product is better than yours. People are just immune to features and benefits in sales. Really the heart of sales in this aspect is speaking to the human being and connecting on a deeper level and letting them make the decision for themselves and not coming off as desperate or pushy. And this is especially effective when it comes to your team members. So if you have an employee or a coworker that's doing sales, the prospects are smart enough to know that in this day and age, that person, whatever they say, if they got fired tomorrow, so if I fired my salesperson tomorrow and they go work at the gym down the road, they're gonna be saying the same thing about the gym down the road. And that's the old method of sales that is just no longer effective And that the second you start selling, pushing benefits and pushing for a close, people are going to be defensive because they're like, that's exactly what the guy down the road said. So you have to go the opposite direction and lead with the worst part of your business. And this is always the hardest and scariest thing to take on. But if you can do this, it puts you in an incredible power frame in the sales conversation. So what is it like to lead with the ugly side of your business? is to start with the hardest conversation you could possibly have. And that is either price or the things you don't have. So for me, we're a personal training company. We don't have some of the fancy things like pools and saunas and lavender scented towels that people will walk around on trays like at some of these fancy gyms. So I am always going to lead with that. So if I go into a sales consult and if this person's really excited and they're wanting information, I'm going to stop them and slow down and I'm going to say, hey, listen, before we get into any of this, I just have to lead. If you're looking for a gym that has like really fancy equipment and pools and saunas and somebody rubbing lavender scented towels around her neck mid set, it's just not what we do. I totally understand if that doesn't work for you, but we're a personal training studio. We really stick to the basics of what is going to get results for our clients. Is that at all what you're looking for? So what you're doing is you're getting them to admit that A future objection is no longer an objection, all right? So this is what's called getting rid of the in the ways. And when you do that up front, you're having the hardest conversation up front. Not only are you going to sound like an anti-salesperson, because this is almost a pattern interrupt. They've never experienced somebody leading with the ugliest side of the business. It's going to make you look more trustworthy and it's going to make you not look like a salesperson. Now, what's the other hardest conversation that you can have is about price right? So you want to face that upfront for two reasons. The first reason is that why waste your time with some long drawn out sales cycle if at the end of the day, they simply can't afford it. Now, number two is again, you're going to look a hell of a lot more trustworthy when you don't hide the price. A lot of times people complain that the prospect says, just tell me the price, just send me your price sheet because they expect you to be a sneaky salesperson that's going to hide the price from them. And how do you look the opposite of that is to be incredibly open with your price. It's going to be very disarming and it's going to be a pattern interrupt that they're not expecting. So if they come in and be like, listen, you know, I'm interested, but cost is the biggest thing. I'm going to tell them the cost right away because they're expecting me to try to finagle a way around it or say like, yeah, 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 let's get to that later. But I first really need to know if this is the right fit. They've heard it. That is played out. They know those sales tricks back and front now, and you can't use them anymore. So the best thing that you can do is to be open and transparent about the price and do it in a retreating fashion. So you're going to say, hey, totally get it. It sounds like price is your biggest concern. I know most personal training studios are going to cost about $100 per session. We're going to be about $60 per session. Is that totally out of your ballpark? right? So you're facing the ugliest thing up front. You're having the hardest conversation as soon as you can. And if they agree to the price, you've wiped out the biggest objection as early as possible. And that is nurturing and fostering that need for autonomy because you are putting the ball in their court and you are letting them make all of the decisions. Okay. And by doing it in a retreating fashion where you're like, that's probably totally out of your ballpark. You asked early on, so I assume that price is a huge issue, right? They now feel empowered and in full control over the sales process, when in reality, you are maintaining control because you're not letting them bring up the objection, you're bringing it up first. So the last way you can nurture autonomy in the sales cycle is by ending every sales conversation. If you've done a good job of this language pattern and this method of communication throughout the whole conversation is the best sales calls or conversations end with three words, and they are, are you sure? Because at that point, if you end a sales conversation with, are you sure, you have nurtured the utmost level of autonomy because now what they're doing is they're not saying, yes, I'll buy from you. They're saying, please take me on as a client. And they're making the decision themselves that they belong in your program. And you can Hammer that home by saying, are you really sure you want to do this? Or are you sure you want to sign up today? You're not forcing it. It's the anti-pushy sales person. And those three words are going to close more sales than whatever fancy close you're going to learn in any other book. Now, if you've understood that level of autonomy, it's time for the second A in the sales mindset. And what that is, is abundance. People hate the feeling of scarcity in sales and the feeling of scarcity is the fact that if you come in front of me, I am so desperate for you to sign up that I'll do whatever means necessary and it lowers my status and lowers the value in their mind. So the idea of abundance is that some will, some won't, who cares? There are plenty of people out there that need our help, especially in this day and age in fitness. There are more people that need to get in better shape than ever before. And you have to go and approach it with the level of abundance and understanding that, hey, if this person doesn't sign up, I've got the cure that is going to be perfect for somebody else. And it's the idea that is anti desperation. It is that you are so cool and calm that you must have something really special if you don't worry if this person is going to sign up. It's another way to nurture autonomy but you must have an abundance mindset and know that there's plenty of people out there that could use my service. If this person doesn't sign up, there's no sweat. It's very casual and it's a really powerful frame and mindset to be in if you are selling fitness. So the last a in sales is again. And what that means is that sales is a numbers game at the end of the day. 20% of the people that contact you about buying fitness that are going to buy no matter what, even if you were the worst salesperson or super awkward or whatever, they're just going to sign up. There's going to be about 20% of the total number of people that will walk through your doors and say, sign me up, I need this, I found you. There's another 20% of people that will never sign up. And the only reason they contacted you is because they mentally wanted to check the box of, I reached out to a gym I know I'm not going to sign up and there's nothing you could say or do to sell your service. So there's 20% on the either side and then you've got the 60% in the middle that your job is to get to as many yeses as possible. And if you know your numbers in fitness sales, to get to a yes, you know you got to get through about 10 no's because only about 1 in 10 of that middle 60% are actually going to sign up. If you follow the sales cycle, if you follow the process, if you approach it with these mindsets, you do the follow-up and all that, about 10% will sign up with your program. So if 10% sign up, how fast can you get nine no's, right? It's not about trying to get to yes as fast as possible. It's almost more important to collect no's and to collect decisions. And all of that is just an understanding of the numbers game of sales. That. Out of those 100 leads, you want to push people to make a decision and push people to know as fast as possible, because for every no that you get, you know that there's a chance that you get a yes on the next time. So if you approach your sales cycle with those three things in mind, an understanding of the human psychological need for autonomy, an abundance mindset, and knowing that there are plenty of people out there to fill my book and to create a fulfilling career for myself. And and understanding that if this person doesn't sign up, the next person might, and understanding of those numbers, you're gonna be a hell of a lot more successful in the fitness industry from the sales side.